Hi guys, welcome to Christ Curls and Conversations. And today we are on with Daniel. He's all the way out in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania. I'm pretty sure he's out in Pennsylvania. Uh, I met him on Instagram from a few of my posts that I was sharing about pornography and he kind of just reached out and wanted to talk. And I was like, wow, like I really want to get on a call with you and talk more about this. And he shared my story and then I was like, man, like, we need to just do an interview on this because I want other people to know that they're not alone in this journey. So I brought him on. So Daniel, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, I would love for you to introduce yourself, how you came to Christ, and all that jazz. Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, I think just in a simple, simple way to put it out there, I'm a Christian, a Christ follower, um, probably around maybe four and a half years ago um christ came busting into my life into my heart i come from a a good a good family but not one that is fervently pursuing christ by any means uh i think a simple way to put it is i was living for myself fully years ago um still fighting against that for sure now even as a christian but with a lot easier route to get back on track i think it's just like a good way to put it as we uh all as christians continue to fight the daily battles we get the opportunity to come before christ and ask him for help in every situation uh because i know years ago with what I was doing in between uh, getting into the realm of selling drugs and uh, sleeping in my car and just being an absolute mess just with um, giving myself over to every temptation without any, without any fight was definitely where I was at. And just to be in his arms now is plenty most of the time. Amen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so when was it actually you you came to so christ actually came to you about four and a half years ago is what you said yeah it was a campus ministry called uh disciple makers they um there was a guy on campus and we had met once or twice before i tried to totally dodge him just he asked like if i wanted to come out and check out their fellowship and i said something like if you if you text me tomorrow and i remember like i'm pretty busy so like hopefully i can make it just trying to totally push him off you and, really uh, didn't want anything to do with it well in my head i was like oh sweet here's this like super christian bible thumper like uh <laughs> what, what does he want with me like i'm just a crazy crazy dude over here like I'm good but you know uh yeah I thought I was in a fine place but yeah he came came rolling over asked me if I wanted to come out tried to push him off but uh he persisted he he hit me up the next day he asked if I wanted to come out still I did not but I did and <laughs> I made my way over there and I'll tell you what it it, it really caught me off guard I hadn't really been to church consistently for years. I hadn't really been in a church for a couple of years besides Christmas or Easter with family. You know, the good old stereotypical. Yep. You know, hitting up the holidays. 
Uh, and I was calling myself a Christian at that time still. Like all 20 some years of life I'm at, was always considering myself a Christian, but that word is completely transformed. Um, I would say that night, uh, I went out there and there were just a lot of people who they're smiling, you know, caring for one another. Some person came up, asked me how I was doing. And I was just not off put, but just caught off guard. I was like, wait, this person actually cares. That's weird. Why do you care? Right. <laughs> and then, um, someone gave their testimony, you know, the way it normally runs over there, they, someone goes up and they share their testimony and there's a message given, um, and some worship at the end as well. And from the testimony and hearing about all the things that I was doing the night before being horrible and, uh, distracting from God's glory to, you know, I'm sure the message was good. Don't remember much about it, but I know during the worship at the end, I was standing there uh, reading the lyrics of different songs, just standing there, just being taken aback. Like I need a savior. Got that. All right. Who's that? That's Jesus. Like, Holy Christ. Everything just like totally connected. And the realization of I'm a broken person who needs saving, like clicked. Mm -hmm. And that savior, that savior to bring me out of it all is Jesus. So good. In that moment, it was just so raw and, to know to hear like i had never considered myself like a like the word purity was not in my vocabulary by any means to be told though that through christ and what he did on the cross i was washed whiter than snow like that's redefining that's renaming that's life altering and i've typically just tried to explain it as i had a hole in my heart my whole life I've tried to fill it with everything. Jesus was the only thing that stayed. <laughs> and wow. I mean, that's where I'm at now. I'm, uh, I'm out at school. I'm out at seminary. Um, trying to learn, trying to get involved in ministry. Uh, and I'll tell you what. I'm no... <laughs> what's a good way to word it? I'm... I'm still a broken person, but I have hope and strength through Christ. I get to be able to share what Christ did in my life because of who he is. And that's where I'm at now. Yeah. And in a sense, you are broken open for Christ, which is really awesome. Um, one thing that you were talking about is how you had no definition for purity. So before your life with Christ, was was purity like anything like what what was that substance in your life of purity like was there anything pure in your life or was it just um completely doing the wrong thing or how, how would you put that and what was it exactly i've been taught my whole life that that love was what we ran off of like classic disney movies you want true love, all the happy stuff. You go off, you get married someday, and that's like the rest of your life. Like that's, I was growing up, I was a kid. That's <laughs> what I grew up on. But uh, like, sadly, some hard truths are like a lot of divorce, a lot of brokenness around my life. Um, didn't even know, like something wild is like, I didn't know I was actually adopted by my dad 
until I was like a teenager. My biological dad had dipped out when I was like a couple months old or something crazy like that. And um, so all to say, like throughout my upbringing, there's just been a lot. And I say purity wasn't in my vocabulary because especially now knowing how, like how more correctly to see it and define it, especially biblically, like the beauty of it. I, I would have, if someone would have set it off to me, like to define purity, I would have looked at them like they were nuts. Like, what are you talking, like, what is that? I, I mean, I was, at five, I was already looking at girls. Like, like, I think I was, I was a kid when I stumbled upon my first like nude picture. Um, that was actually what I was about to ask you is when was the first time that you actually stumbled across porn or nudity or anything like that? And how did it affect you? I had to have been like, I was a kid. I was like, honestly, I might've been five or six. Um, might've been younger the first time I saw it, but didn't, maybe didn't acknowledge it. But around like just as a kid I was already seeing some images there were some places I used to go help out and do little jobs with and um I just remember one it's so random but there's one situation I distinctly remember where there was a bathroom at the place where I went to like help out with some stuff and in it was just like a whole bunch of just nude I think they were like calendars and I I'd been over a couple times I kept thinking about it, thinking about it I'm like man like that's like, that must be what beauty is and this and that. And just was so attracted to it to the point where I actually stole one. Wow. Took it home with me. And I used to just like, I like, as I think back to it now, it's almost like, it's like heartbreaking to think that as like a kid, I was already like mesmerized by the beauty of women, like in such a, not pure way you didn't actually know what to do with that feeling though did you like it was more of like you were just looking at it like did anything occur with that feeling it didn't take long to figure out what masturbation was and i don't even understand how as a kid i figured it out but i knew that it was something i figured out and i would do it and it made me feel better and i think it I think I might have been eight when I really started to like it, I don't know it just all really like clicked where I was like in my head the simplicity was women are really attractive and I like that um and that's really the simplicity of it is just like beauty is attractive and I went full tilt for it uh but I think the most destructive part of it was around I think I was like 11 when I started I was like 10 or 11 when I figured out like you could get on the computer and like search things wow well then finally it hit a point where looking up pictures was one thing but then stumbled upon videos and mm -hmm. that's where internet pornography definitely took a pretty deep grip into my this, this was at 10 or 11 yeah wow and and when you saw when you saw the videos online you were also masturbating to them yeah okay like, absolutely 
And then, so, so was this like an everyday thing? Did you kind of just do it like once or once a month, once or twice a week? Like what, what was with, your... With being so young, I obviously wasn't like the main user of the computer. Yeah. So I had to like sneak it or sneak down to the, we actually had like a room where we had a computer. Um, I actually remember like getting caught once mm. and it was really awkward. And I think I was 13 and was told that it was wrong. But by so many men or guys around in my life, like even in school, like pornography was always like a joke to people. Like it was always, oh, yeah, you, you check out this or that. And like, I was embarrassed. Like, I didn't want to talk about it with people. I told people I didn't do that. But then there I was sneaking off all the time to go check it out. Mm -hmm. And then it was around that it was around like 13 i actually started like dating which was still such an ambiguous thing i thought it was just you get with someone you thought was pretty and you go off with them and that was it like you don't actually have any intentions you're just like all right well they're beautiful so might as well date them yeah that was like ah i think they're attractive like maybe we'll date and we'll do these things and if it all works out like maybe we'll stay together mm -hmm there's the mindset of a naive teenager. Right. But, um, do you think from watching those videos, it um, overlapped some of your relationships where you would start seeing women as these videos? I don't know if I ever placed the videos over people, but what I do know is that it didn't help my desire to figure out like what sex was and to do that and to have that it was i was about i believe i was 15 when i got my first like what i would say was like the first love of my life and like started dating someone and i don't even think it was a month into the relationship when um we got physical mm -hmm. uh, and we dove into the back of her car and that was that for sure every weekend every other weekend full of hooking up weekdays i'd be sneaking onto the internet i don't remember how old i was but whenever i got my first like i think i had like an ipod touch or something i had some electronic and that's when that went downhill too was just like i was having sex and every moment i wasn't i was sneaking off to watch porn it was just It was like if you weren't having sex, you wanted to watch porn. The sex drive just like didn't go away. Right. It was just front and center. You were like, I need to do something with this, release something. And life's been, like I said, life's been full of a lot of painful situations. A lot of, there's mm -hmm. been loss, there's been the family issues, everything. And every time I was upset, every time things hurt or I didn't like something, whatever or I felt like felt depressed or whatever exactly I would just use essentially any type of sexual intimacy of anything to away from it all wow that makes a lot of sense because there's triggers that tend to happen that spark you wanting to go into porn especially if you are addicted like that's something that I noticed with me as well where it was like something didn't go right in my life or I was stressed out or um 
I got into a fight with my mom or something, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go release this energy through pornography. And that didn't help anything because it just made me like more attached to the, to the trigger of like being stressed out and then, and then putting it on top of pornography. So anytime I was stressed, it's like, okay, let's go to pornography. So is that basically what was happening for you as well? The realization I've had like in recent years was that I've built and obviously you see it through the research and everything else of like what pornography is and what it does to your brain. It had become my, my runaway. Every time I was stressed, it was like, man, it's almost like being addicted to cigarettes. Like, Oh, I'm stressed. I want a cigarette. Well, just switch out cigarette for anything sexual. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I mean, and, and after that first girlfriend, that, again, the purity thing out the window. Um, first girlfriend, thought we were supposed to get married, didn't understand that we had already made, like, the biggest mistake we could have by getting in the back of that car. Mm-hmm. From there on, sex just became more of a, sex itself became an object mm. of just craving and desire, thinking that somehow that would fix me or make me feel better but I think anyone that struggled with anything knows that just because you got that one fill it's gonna fade away and if anything it's probably just gonna deepen the desire farther oh exactly that's something that I noticed a lot is like the more that I did it the more that I wanted to do it um, even though in my head it was like I knew that I didn't want to do it like Romans 7 talks about it's like why do I want to do the thing that I don't want to do? <laughs> um, it's, it's really fascinating how you can tell yourself that you don't want to do it, but then you continuously do the one thing that you don't want to do. Um, so yeah, it kind of like feeds this, this fleshly desire that's never going to be satisfied or fulfilled at all. Um, I feel like it's a desire that in a sense, Christ didn't want fulfilled from the, like that type of, um, flesh it it was supposed to be fulfilled with him and with uh your partner your husband or your wife um so i guess that's the next question i have find contentness in christ but then obviously sin came running in and decided that it was going to make itself look better Mm, that's good that's really good i haven't heard it like that before so so in your opinion and from you actually like reading the bible um why do you think god calls us to purity where do i start in this guy <laughs> i think so one of my favorite ways to kind of approach questions like this is to actually look at what god loves so the the reason why and, you know, everyone thinks that God is, like, this big bully. Like, he's out here to, like, ruin our fun. Like, oh, God, why are you, like, why, are you, God, why are you approved? Like, you know, we, we almost act like God is out to be against us when really it's because he loves perfection. Mm-hmm. And God loves good things. And marriage is a beautiful, perfect, good thing in the confines of what marriage is. And he designed marriage with sex. Like sex is sex in and of itself is a beautiful, good thing in the parameters that he actually created it for. Mm -hmm. 
and so I kind of it I almost want to switch the question to like why is God against pornography why is God against you know cheating why is God against multiple it's because because God loves a perfect marriage Mm. God loves purity because it drives you closer to the character that he is and allows you to be closer to who he is Amen. That is incredible. So when you were, so you said that um, you were with, you were with your girlfriend, you did all this stuff. Did you ever feel a conviction not to do it? Or did you not feel anything? And you were just like, I'm just going to feed into it. But then as soon as you um, were saved in Christ is when the conviction started. Like, how did that occur for you? it's weird because at first it really made me upset like that the girl I was dating we ended up breaking up like I just handed this girl my virginity so I knew that was like semi a big deal but then actually as my sin continued and life went on I got older it like almost like lost like I almost lost all care I would say that at first I had some type of like morality to it and then as I hit like 20 was in college had dropped out was in the full-on mix of just like hookup culture and partying I remember a situation where I didn't even feel bad I had I was at I had like a friend who I would I would hook up with and then I ended up hooking up with one of her friends and then it was just a big circle of hooking up and I didn't care like for me it was awesome and I look back at that and like even like I'm so like mad at like about that right now like as I think back to that I'm like how like disgusting and twisted is sin that we can really in the midst of it just look at it and think that it's like this awesome great thing mm-hmm. like like it dis- it disguises itself it it screams to the to the fle- like to our flesh to our desires that it's something good it's something that we want even when it's completely contradictory for what's good for us so when i say like when i said it's because god desires perfect things for us like good things for us and he sh- like he wants us to strive for perfection it's because he cares about us it's because he loves us he's actually a caring parent who wants good things for us but we're so naive in our childishness that we completely subside that and say, I want what I want. Like a little kid running around with a sharp object, like we're, we're going to end up killing ourselves on our own accord. Exactly. And but that's the knife out of our hand, like try puts the hand out and says, give me that. Yes. <laughs> and that's exactly, that's exactly what sin does is it leads us to destruction. We have no way of knowing what's right because we just, keep going into the sin and it gets darker and darker and darker and like you were saying like you were in this circle of like just having sex with multiple people and in in a sense in the world that's that's normal that's like okay um like it's it's like oh yeah like i did this like it's like they wave the flag in a sense that because people say things like you know you gotta (laughs) you got to try it out before you commit. And it's like, is that not the most shallow thing you ever heard? Right. Um, 
I heard you say something you said about the destruction that the little kid running around with the knife. Yeah, he's going to commit his own destruction. But you were born as vessels of destruction. Mm. But God recreates us to be vessels of mercy. And the word that sticks out there the most is to recreate, to renew. And that is just plastered all over New Testament. And I think that's absolutely when the conviction came in was that night that I heard someone's testimony. I was listening to some girl totally broken about the addiction that she had been submitting to every night of pornography and just hooking up with people. And I'm just sitting there like, that was last night. What are you talking? Why are you so upset? Like another thing that I thought was that it was just a physical thing. I had no idea about the spiritual and heart aspects of it. Like I would feel pain if like a girl cheated on me or if like something happened and I like a relationship ended or something like I would feel that sadness, but it never connected that there was an actual like spiritual aspect to this whole thing. And so to be taught that pornography is just as evil Mm-hmm. as going out and hooking up with someone that was new mm-hmm. i thought that a lot of christians who didn't have sex yet were using pornography to abstain from that when in reality there's actually people out here practicing celibacy and abstinence both physically and spiritually so mm-hmm. like heart so it hadn't occurred to me and I definitely had never heard the scriptures of Jesus saying like to commit, like to have lust after a woman, to commit adultery after a woman in your heart is this same to actually go physically, tangibly do that. Wow. That was, that was, that was life altering. That was like, okay, porn's not good. (laughs) That sucks. Cause I just spent how many years indulged deeply in that, Mm -hmm. but you don't like, when you're doing something like that, you don't realize how deeply you've just rooted yourself in a, like a hole. Like you've, the longer and longer you've been watching pornography, the deeper and deeper that hole gets. And by the time you realize that there's a call in your life to live above that, you're like looking up, like, how am I going to get out of this? Yeah. And then you realize the renewing life, transforming heart altering work of Christ. Like, and that's not to say that you come to Christ and it just, disappears like we're still human beings as christians with desires and hearts bodies we're just we we are learning more and more every day to die to ourselves and give those desires our fleshly desires to him and like we're asking him like lord shape my desires like yours um something that you said to me the other day and i'd love you to talk about this a little bit more you said you thought pornography was your way to purity. And I was mind blown because there's multiple people who do think that where it's like, well, I'm not having sex. I'm just like watching porn. So it's totally cool because I'm not giving my body away to anyone. But if you could touch a little bit on that, I would love for you to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's slightly what I'm saying already is that 
I mean, if you're watching porn, you're not hurting anyone, right? You're, I mean, most likely, unless it's like crazy wild case of just not knowing what to do with yourself, you're <laughs> confines of your like room. You're hidden. You're hidden away in the dark. You just think that it's just you and you're just quick dealing with a function of your body. You're just quick dealing with the desire, something you wanted. And now it's all better that you got it. And it's insane how deceptive sin, Satan, evil is. Like, to have taken a God-created gift like sex and then manipulated it into something else. But then not only corrupted it, but then repackaged it to say, oh, well, this is less evil. This is okay. It's not the same. So because someone's watching pornography, it might be easy for them to say like, well, I'm not going out having sex. I'm protecting myself. I'm protecting another person. Mm-hmm. I, I've told myself that lie, even as I've been a Christian, that like, well, porn's not that bad because I'm not going out and doing anything. I'm just, if anything, I'm only hurting myself. But even that's a stupid perspective because you have a soul to take care of. You have something bigger and better to take care of than just this physical, tangible body. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're, we're the embodiment of the, like, as Christians, you receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there's so much abuse that you're doing, not only to yourself, but almost pushing on to Christ mm-hmm. because you want what you want when you want it. And that's probably one of the, most difficult frustrating things about pornography too is how easy accessible it is if i didn't have protective barriers on my phone or my laptop it would take 0.2 it would take however long it takes to type something in to find something yep i i really love that you brought up the fact that the holy spirit uh dwells within us because i was going to bring up that um something that i heard Uh, In a sermon one day, it was basically saying that why would you want to, um, why would you want to watch porn or do anything to your body when you know that the Holy Spirit is dwelling within you? Because now you, you're attached to the Holy Spirit, you're attached to Christ and you are, whatever you're doing, you're also doing to Christ. So next time you choose to do something, realize like, Hey, if you're watching porn, Jesus is also watching that with you. Like the Holy Spirit is watching that with you. So to be aware of that, like, and that's a really crazy realization when you, when you think about it like that and, and realize like, wow, whatever I am doing to my body, I'm also doing to him. And that's, why would we want to do that? I think one of the most convicting things in coming to Christ over the last couple of years is the realization that the nails that held Jesus up on the cross are our sin. Mm-hmm. And yes, Jesus died once. So you don't, I do not believe for a second that once you come to Christ, you can lose your salvation. If you have a genuine change of heart, that is only through Christ. Like you, you're saved. Like you, you can have assurance in that. But there, <laughs> there's some pretty big signs in being redeemed. 
And that would be having a change of heart towards things that are not good, things that are evil. And so to know that Christ like already died for us, that doesn't mean go take advantage of grace. He died once so that we could see his love for us, stand firm in who he is and continue on through his hand holding ours. Um, Sadly, I think it's easy. It's really easy to say there's a lot of misinformation about how it works being a Christian. Mm -hmm. Some people think like, like I already said it like, some people think you come to Christ and like everything's supposed to be perfect. And then the first sign of like failure, we run away from Jesus. Like, Oh no, he didn't change me. Wow. Oh, you just didn't protect yourself. Like we really need to understand that it is a hard battle. It's a, it's a heard it sung before hour by hour, minute by minute. Mm -hmm. And let's even draw it all the way down to second by second. And when we're not continuously refocusing our gaze on jesus like of course we're of course we're gonna keep falling Mm -hmm. but they're like there's there's spiritual realm of trust like learning to trust god more with what we have and our like taking care of our souls like we got to trust him with that but there's also a lot of practical things that we're supposed to be taking steps of faith towards to do Mm -hmm. so whether it's like putting you know, like I said, on my laptop, my phone, I use Covenant Eyes, which is dope, like it's monthly payment, but I mean, the cost of protecting my soul, my purity more, totally worth it. And yeah. will you explain to people a little bit about uh, Covenant Eyes and what it actually does, like the accountability with it? Yeah, um, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> I'll say that first it's a it's it's a block you can have it on an iphone you can put it on your android you can put it on your laptops i think you're able to put it on uh, game consoles as well and coming at eyes in particular is like i couldn't say enough good things about them there have actually been times where i've actually called them and been like hey i'm having a heck of a week I don't have any accountability around me right now. All like all the guys that I have as accountability partners, people I entrust with my walk and this particular struggle and I'm open with hundred percent so that I continue to fight this uh, openly. <laughs> um, I was able to call this company, talk to somebody and they straight up prayed with me. Wow. That's I don't know how many companies that like actually care about you enough to actually ask like, how are you? And that almost brings me back to that day that I got saved. Like, someone just genuinely asking, how are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just to tell them straight up, like, not good. Like, I'm actually having a heck of a time. Like, I want to go do whatever I want, but there's a call to purity. There's a call to reflect Christ right now. And I want to do that as a man, as a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to have some protection, to have a backup mm-hmm. is not weakness if and i mean if anything weakness only exemplifies god's strength like we as people christian or not like we all are broken we all we all fall short in some way or another whether we're able to admit it or not is one thing but and just like you said um 
you said before, you were like, just because you come to Christ doesn't mean that it's, it's easy. Like, it, it's a hard, <laughs> it's a hard walk to see all these distractions in front of you. And it's like, I could literally do all of that right now. But I am staying in my lane. I'm going the narrow path. I'm walking with Jesus. And Lord, I need you to guard my eyes, protect me and be my strength. Because right now my flesh wants to completely get off this path and go over this way. And like you said, like with, with, we have to be, we have to have people hold us accountable. We should be applying things to our life and practical things in our daily routine that keeps us away from all these fleshly desires that we have. Um, like porn blockers. Um, I have my roommate, she's blocked my stuff on my computer and my phone. I've unfollowed multiple different accounts off of um, social media. Like I just don't go to certain things anymore. So that's stuff that I know that if I had certain things in my life still, I would still be struggling. And there are still moments where I do struggle uh, like images come in my brain still where I'm like, oh, that's weird. I wasn't even thinking about that. But since that's something where my brain has been wired like that all, like not all my life, but the parts where I was watching porn, stuff still pops up where I'm like, whoa, all right, like, Lord, like I'm submitting this to you, like get that out of my brain, wash me clean. Um, but like you said, though, you, you have to, like you just said in the thoughts that's right. Satan, I, I think it's written in scripture. It's where like Satan's behind every door, just crouching like a lion ready to attack you. Like Satan's not out here playing by the rules by any means. He's out to steal our souls. Yeah. God created us. Good thing. Like God wants us, but Satan's trying to fight to steal us. We can't, we can't have that. <laughs> and, I mean, there there was a there was a there was a quote I was thinking of earlier. That I want to quick throw out there is that even in these battles in life, no matter what struggle battle place you're at, life's not gonna get easier, but harder most likely because it's life. And but. The, the the grace in it the the light in the tunnel is that coming to christ becomes a lot easier the more consistently we actually take part in being christians the easier it is to fall on our knees before him and just ask him to come alongside of us wow. like there might be better days there's going to be worse days the, life is full of ups and downs highs and lows but no matter where you're at like you got to be with christ mm -hmm. so good thank you so much for throwing that out there um like it says in scripture like to remain content in all situations um like we yeah there's going to be there's going to be struggles but to call on christ through all those situations um it says i'm pretty sure it's in luke um, when Jesus is, is on the mountain and he's, he's up there for 40 days and 40 nights, like Satan is literally throwing at him like anything. And Jesus is like, no, like 
says in his word, like it is written. Like, so we need to go back to the word all the time when Satan is like throwing these darts at us. And when he's saying like, no, like you want to do this or like just one more time, like you don't have to give in any other time except right now. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, and, and that's really interesting too. But like in Luke, it says that it says, and he departed until an opportune time which is really fascinating because it doesn't say that, that Satan departed for the rest of Jesus's life. It says he departed until an opportune time, which means that he's going to continue trying to defeat us and break us down. And we still, throughout all our days, we've got to call on Christ. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> exactly. Um, As we, um as we were talking about like our thought process and everything, my, uh, my grandfather is an absolute stud. And it, I asked him one time, I'm like, it's like, Papa, how do I, what am I supposed to do when I'm thinking about these things? Cause it feels like I can't get the thoughts out of my head sometimes. And, you know, like you said, going to the word, like we, we have to make, we have to make these habits of being Christians one of them is absolutely relying fully on God. Well, what's a practical way to do that? Get in the word. Like he wrote a love letter to us. I mean, the Bible in, in, in its entirety is absolutely about God's glory and his redemptive plan to bring us back to him. But when I say love letter, like there's just, it, it's obnoxious how much love is poured into these pages. Um, and as we're talking about thoughts, um, and my grandfather so thankfully uh, pointed me towards wisdom. He pointed me towards uh, Philippians 4, uh, 8 through 9. And it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's absolutely a battle, mm -hmm. but so easily won through Christ. Exactly. We've got to think, think on things above, think on things above. So good. Well, I am going to end it right there with that scripture. Cause I loved it so much. Um, I would love to know if you have anything else to share with um, someone who is struggling through the battle with pornography. Um, and yeah, if you have any other advice, I would love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do it alone. That's the first thing that immediately comes to my mind is we as Christians are here for one another. Like you and I started talking because you posted something encouraging and I said, that was awesome. Like, thanks for doing that. Like that's worship though. We have to be living a life of worship, letting our actions be reflections of who God is. Like that's what worship is. It's not just going to church on a Sunday singing. Like, no, it's your, it's your heart. It's your heart posture. It's how you treat people. It's how you treat yourself. It's how you treat the things in your life. So definitely living a life of worship. 
but do it with each other because we we're not it's almost it's completely counterproductive to live life on your own and there's nothing there's nothing strong about saying oh i can do it all by myself if anything that's ignorance and satan's going to take advantage of that in a heartbeat you let yourself to your own devices you keep on your own you're going to seclude yourself from the grace that god's trying to show you i think one of the biggest blessings that god's given me in coming to christ is absolute community nobody's perfect everybody's got something they fall short in and as we continue to fight these battles to serve the lord we got to bear one another ephesians talks all about unity and we're all in this together it's different parts of the body you know a body can't function with just a bunch of ears can't just function with a bunch of noses like you need a nose you need eyes you need a mouth you need all of it and so all to say we're all playing a part in this big insane family that are christians i mean i think we even you have i have only talked once or twice and like absolutely through the blood of christ like you are my sister and Amen. by all means like that's awesome we're not like we're like 10 states away like that's, <laughs> um, i know but it's so great it's great social media brought us together but here we are it's amazing yeah so i think on the personal personal note for each of us don't don't condemn yourself because god sees you as his own child don't trust me you can't out sin grace i promise that like and, and i don't test that i don't ask you to eat please don't test those boundaries <laughs> but it's clearly stated in scripture like there's there's grace wherever there's sin there's grace grace abounds and are we supposed to abuse it by no means but allow the love that Christ has shown you to live that uprighteous life that he calls you to. Like Christ, like God came down, humbled himself, became a human being, lived himself in humility and love and reflected it perfectly. We got to live like him. I mean, we're talking about the God of the universe came down and sacrificed himself that, so that he could be like we could be reunited with him he loves us he's out for us like again he's not he's not here to take our fun he's not here to hinder us he's here to love us as his own children he's a perfect parent mm. he's with us that's what you know jesus actually means god saves and emmanuel which was something jesus was often referred to as I wish we did more of it means God with us. Christ is absolutely with us every day. And no matter how far we try to run away from him, God is steadfast. He stays the same God that he's always been. And he, he fulfills every promise. And so no matter if, you know, you used to struggle with porn or your, your idea of, purity is a little skewed run to him because he's going to redefine it better than we ever could 
Like I can tell you everything I know, but guess what? It's not going to compare. <laughs> Nothing I have to say is going to compare to what his word has to say. So I just challenge people to absolutely dive into his word and redefine love, purity, marriage, <laughs> everything. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, if you would like, uh, would you like to share your Instagram handle? I'll also put it in the description as well, but just so people can find you if they uh, have any questions. I guess that's okay. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I feel silly. I feel like I actually think. So as you said, my name is Daniel Paul Myers. I'm on all the Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. I'm pretty sure I have it as a, just underscore a underscore just underscore seminary seminary understand yeah it's really one that's like not <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the description it's just underscore a underscore seminary underscore student yeah. yes i will put it all in the, in the description i don't feel clever now that that's so long <laughs> It's a long one, but it's a good one. It's a great one. But thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. And I pray that everybody listening has found some value from Daniel and this whole conversation. Um, just continue to walk with Jesus, guys. There's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. And he is holding you up through this whole battle. So keep running to him. Amen.